Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathimerini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis was just in Germany, where he met with German President Olaf Scholz. Migration, Turkey, energy issues, and the Middle East dominated the discussion, while the economy, once the top issue dominating relations between Athens and Berlin, took a back seat, reflecting Greece's significant progress from the dire financial crisis of the previous decade. Vasilis Nedos, Kathimerini's diplomatic and defense editor, who was just in Germany, joins me to look at the changing dynamics in German-Greek relations, the key takeaways from the Mitsotakis-Schultz meeting, and more. Vasily, great having you back on The Greek Current. Thanks for having me, Thano. Vasily, while a meeting between the Greek and German leaders may evoke memories from the not-so-distant financial crisis, is there an entirely different dynamic in the Greek-German relationship today? Totally. And actually, you know, I've been there recently. I actually remember the times where I visited the chancellery in Berlin in 2010-2011 as a political correspondent at the time for Kathimerini again, when we were uh, during the very harsh, let's say, winter in Greek-German relations because of the discussions about the memoranda and the fiscal austerity measures. And I remember interviews in the same building where the atmosphere was outwardly hostile from the German press and uh, we were getting questions, the prime ministers at the time, Yorgos Papandreou was getting questions such as, are you willing to sell islands or whatever else to pay for your debt? We're not there any longer. This is not 2010. This is not 2011. The barriers between Greece and Germany, because of the the way the things were handled at the time, is no longer there. And we have moved to completely different directions. Nonetheless, the challenges are different. We're no longer discussing about economic problems. We're no longer discussing about Greece being the uh, black sheep of the European Union and the Eurozone. Nonetheless, the challenges are there, and uh, I think that to a certain extent, the challenges must mostly be met by Germany and not only Greece. And uh, of course, I'm talking about migration and a lot of other things that, let's say, have become a common challenge and it's no longer a problem of the, let's say, decadent or not so restrained South as it was portrayed in the German press at the time. We're no longer there. You brought up migration, and reports indicate that talks between Mitsotakis and Schultz largely focused on this issue. What were the key takeaways on this front? I've already reported since the last week that the main issue for the German side, and uh, this is something that the Germans are putting, uh, even though quite gently, I would say, but it is there on the table, is about a number of people. I think we're talking about thirty to 40,000 migrants that are uh, living in Germany right now and have been... Uh, requesting asylum in Germany. And uh, these people are seen from the German authorities as uh, somehow awkwardly we call secondary flows of migrants. Or what does this mean? This actually means that these people have reached Germany without passing or illegally passing through Greece. And uh, in that regard, Germany has become the first point of entry into the European Union. The Germans believe that this is wrong and this should somehow be addressed. And there are discussions between Germany and Greece in that regard. At the same time, Greece is asking for more money. You know, the fence in Evros is one example, but it's not only that, where uh, Greece is asking for help to build infrastructure that will host migrants in Greece, but also Greece is asking for help in uh, the technical area. And of course, Greece 
does not want any kind of solution out of the European Union context. And I think in that regard, Greece and Germany stand on the same or pretty much on the same side of the fence. And the problems on that regard come mostly from eastern part of the European Union, where Poland, Hungary and other countries of that part of European Union are very negative towards any kind of solution that is not national. So I think that in this context, even though there are differences between Greece and Germany, but in this very European context, Greece and Germany actually are closer than they were a few years ago. Vasily, I want to bring us to your recent trip to Germany, where you traveled through the country and interacted with government officials across the board. Writing about this visit, however, you stated that this is no longer the Germany that most Greeks will remember, at least from, you know, 10 years ago. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, it is all about the fundamentals of German power, I would say. So, you know, Germany had some very institutionalized pillars in uh, the way it functioned as a society, as an economy. And uh, all those fundamentals are being put into test right now. The first one, of course, came down with the war in Ukraine where uh, the agreement between Germany and Russia on cheap energy came crumbling down. And of course, with that, it was also the notion that Germany does not need to uh, arm itself because the borders are secured by NATO, so it isn't necessary for Germany to have a competent army. This is changing. They have that decision about uh, 100 billion euros of uh, budget in the coming years. And this is, in my discussions, it's very interesting that People from the, as you said, the government, but also other institutions in Germany do realize that this 100 billion is just enough to reach the goal of the NATO provision of 2% in the budget. So they know that they have to invest more than that. And there is already a lot of discussion about that in Germany. So point one is how Germany perceives itself in a geopolitical level. The second one is more social. I would say that being, you know, because of the post-war guilt and uh, the way that Germany was uh, refounded actually after 1945 as the Federal Republic of Germany in the beginning and after 1990 as the uh, unified Germany, the very strong belief that, you know, Germany should be the advocate of the free world on rights, on the freedom of speech and everything. And we've seen in the last few days all those uh, demonstrations in uh, Dieseldorf. I was in Dieseldorf while this was happening in Berlin the next day, where uh, that freedom of speech became uh, outright anti-Semitism. For the first time in a lot of years, on the commemoration of the Kristallnacht, the security forces had to implement very strict measures. And this, again, was something new, because... The society in Germany was always feeling that this is a moral obligation of the German people towards the Jewish. Those anti-Semite demonstrations in Germany left everyone in shock. So there is a discussion about this as well. And the third part is migration. And that was one of the very uh, interesting part of my discussions there, is that no one any longer wants migration. We're no longer in 2015 when Angela Merkel opened the borders and uh, part of her decision was uh, justified from the need of Germany for uh, workers, for working hands. Everyone now believes that this no longer works and this has to stop. 
and uh, allow me to add something here because it's of absolute interest for Greece as well. Right now, the government of Chancellor Solz, because it has all those diverse elements inside, socialist Greens, it's taking decisions even on migration on a very slow pace. In the case of a return of conservatives in Germany, we will have a tougher stance. And I think that since we have a couple of years for this, Greece as a political system, as an administrative system, should be getting uh, ready for a tougher position from the Germans on migration if the things there change. Because right now, Councillor Solz is not going very well in the polls. Of course, it's two years and no one can actually foresee what will happen. But I would distinction these three pillars that society has changed, the geopolitical posture has changed, and the economy with it. The economy is uh, struggling on the energy sector. And last but not least, it's the migration. I want to move us to a related topic that emerged out of Mitsotakis' meeting with Schultz, and that's Turkey. You know, During their joint remarks, Mitsotakis touched on relations with Turkey, underlining that he is ready to move the ball forward with President Erdogan, who is also expected in Germany on Friday. Looking ahead, what should we expect on the Greek-Turkish front? Well, you know, it's interesting what you say, because the two leaders also made statements on what happens in the Middle East. And as a first comment, I would say that it is impressive that during this crisis, Greece is much more aligned with Germany than it is with France. And this is something we should keep in mind right now and see how it evolves in the near future. As for Mr. Erdogan, it is a given fact for years now that Berlin was trying to mediate between Greece and Turkey. Even in the difficult years, the crisis years before February 2022, this was not always successful, and this was not, of course, because uh, of Germany, but mostly because uh, Erdogan was not very receptive on that mediation. But we should not be forgetting that there were secret, for a period of time at least, there were secret until they were publicized by the Turkish side. Three trilateral meetings between Greece, Turkey, and Germany as a host in Berlin. We've seen that happening, and I would say that the diplomatic advisor of the German chancellor, uh, Jens Plettner, who used to be the ambassador of Germany in Athens, has a great understanding of what's happening in the region, not only because he was an ambassador, but because he handles all the big issues in the chancellery right now. And I would say that he already is quite uh, active in keeping the discussions open, even though right now we have open line of communications with Turkey. There's going to be that high government council uh, in Athens uh, on the 7th of December, and somehow things have been put to a channel, and we will see where that will go. And, you know, what's also interesting in the Turkey issue is that Germany is somehow reluctant, but this is not, let's say, something that comes out of the meeting of the leaders in Berlin, but mostly of its strategic posture that Germany just like the states, the United States, to a certain extent, are a bit reluctant of being very pressing against Turkey, more than a certain degree, because they have the same syndrome that has overtaken uh, the State Department, which is if we pressure Turkey too much, they may pivot in the end of the day in the other side of the fence, and we don't want that. So this is there also, but this is something of a more strategic posture of Germany and not so much something that is related with current events in Greek-Turkish relations. It's mostly about Erdogan's uh, position in the Middle East, on how he makes statements and on how he acts during the crisis that started on the 7th of October and has escalated into a war in the Gaza Strip. So I think that for a period of time, at least, you know, 
Germany as well as the United States will be aligned in that regard. But this is, is one of the points where their alignment is limited. And that's it. Vasily, thanks again for joining us. Always great speaking with you. Thank you, Thanos. Thanks for having me. In other news, Moody's estimates that the important performance recorded by Greece internationally in terms of debt-to-GDP ratio reduction will continue over the next seven years thanks to the strong growth of the Greek economy, the very favorable public debt profile, as well as its management strategy. From around 206% of GDP in 2020, Greek debt is expected to decline this year to around 160% of GDP, and further by 9 percentage points in 2024. According to Moody's, between 2023 and 2030, Greece will also register a world record reduction of the debt ratio by 26 percentage points. Finally, Cyprus has vowed to tighten controls on its financial sector as an investigation published by The Guardian and its reporting partners reveals oligarchs transferred hundreds of millions in assets while sanctions loomed after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The Cypriot government has promised a zero-tolerance approach to sanctions violations, and a spokesperson said Cyprus was receiving technical support from the British government to create a sanctions implementation unit next year. It has also joined an EU cross-border project on making sanctions effective. Cypriot government spokesperson Kostatinos Letimbiotis stressed that Nicosia is unequivocally committed to fighting corruption and illicit finance and take all necessary actions to ensure full implementation of EU sanctions. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.